When Photography Meets Culture has created an environment to investigate, to build consensus, and explore all sides of this issue before forming an opinion. This conversation was captured and framed through my lens as a practitioner in publication 252 in eight chapters and verbalized in podcast 140 in ISBN 9798-88525-2959. As a student of film and a media arts major, I have always been intrigued as to why can't I just point my camera at what I am seeing and record that subject. I suppose, on one hand, like anything else, there is a perception that it's not only a little know-how and experience. On the other hand, as a practitioner, I am au with the fact that DSLR cameras allow you to control certain aspects of a shot manually, while most point-and-shoot cameras work best when shooting in automatic mode. It should be noted that a point-and-shoot camera is sometimes called a fixed-lens camera because it cannot swap lenses. Nonetheless, I have applied the investigative approach because I wanted to build consensus and explore all sides of this issue before forming an opinion. For the record, let me state categorically that I must confess that within the precincts of my intellectual consciousness and the space of academia are commingled the aforesaid inquisition. The same is not the first time that this issue was raised. A case in point, CambridgeInColor.com also advanced the said query. Now that I have established context regarding this purported clarifying question, let me underscore the fact that I have accepted as true that this conversation may draw out and encourage practitioners to share their ideas regarding my positive theory when photography meets culture. This story imputes culture as the underpinning coupled with a synergy and the art of taking photos for the purpose of telling about a people or a culture. Further, as I drill down through the research lens, I have unearthed that there is also a school of thought which suggests that photography change history, events, and how people react to them. A case in point, according to Chris Wells, I quote, Photography has given common people the ability to be remembered. It also opened a window onto more recent eras of history that allow us to better navigate and empathize with those who came before us. Even for ancient history, the movie industry has done a lot to increase the general public's familiarity 
with societies that existed in the distant past. End quote. Logically speaking, it is presumed that culture has also changed how history itself was made, recorded, stored, and retrieved. Therefore, it appears that history, which is commingled, in other words, collecting all material together for reprocessing with our history. To add to this point, it is reported that photography has changed global citizens' vision of the world by providing more access to more images drawn from more places and times in the world than ever before. Hence, making and distributing images became easier, faster, and less expensive, and by the same token, it has also changed events and how people reacted to them. This view is espoused by John Paul Coponegro. What is remarkably interesting about this story is the more that I fleshed out this topic, my mental process of acquiring knowledge and understanding, true thought, experience, my senses gravitated towards the fact that current input and storage of the aforesaid information I have used to guide my behavior is a seemingly simple question, but it's also one of the most complicated to answer and requires delving into not only how a camera records light, but also how and why our eyes work the way they do. Tackling such questions can reveal surprising insights about our everyday perception of the world. Make no mistake, this process certainly helped to make me a better photographer. This view is also espoused by CambridgeCollar.com. As I continue to navigate this academic exercise, I discovered that it is very explicit that at every phase of culture, time is the way we learned. Therefore, I have concluded that how we global citizens perceive things is largely affected by our judgment skills, preconceived notions, attitude, and emotions. And these factors are closely linked with our culture. Therefore, in perceiving something as good or bad, our biases play a role, and so does our way of thinking. In judging something as easy or difficult, our attitude and our motivation levels play a key role. These are the reasons why our culture determines the structure of our thinking, which influences our perception. I must confess, though, that delving into not only how a camera records light, but also how and why our eyes work the way they do. Again, I reiterate the fact that tackling the same certainly reveals surprising insights about our everyday perception of the world made me a better photographer. In this environment, through the research lens, it is evident that the human eye lets us see the world by sending impulses to our nervous system. In many ways, it is very similar to other optical devices including cameras. This thinking is advanced by letstalkscience.ca. 
Further, in this context, the human eye contains small muscles that contract and relax, and this enables the eyes to change shape and stay focused on a moving object. These muscles are also capable of changing the thickness of the lens to accommodate the image that is being viewed. A camera cannot do this, hence it relies on a variety of lens. This is the reason why photographers often change the lens of their camera according to the distance from the object. Moreover, cameras use mechanical parts to stay focused on a moving object. This view is espoused by Byjust.com. According to Malroy Furland, I quote, the camera and the human eye have much more in common than just conceptual philosophy. For instance, the eye captures images similar to the way the camera does. The anatomy of the camera bears more similarities to a biological eyeball than many would imagine, including the lens like corina and the film like retina. Similarities like these give the camera the appearance of a robotic eye. However, though there are many similarities between cameras and eyes, they are by no means identical. Likewise, the eye can focus on a larger image, just as a camera greater depth of field can focus and capture a large scale. As the eye, the camera has a limited scope to take in what is around it. The curvature of the eye and the lens allow for both to take in what is not directly in front of it." End quote. The corona is the cap of the eye. This transparent light clear jelly structure sits to the front of the eye and has a spherical curvature. The lens of a camera is also transparent glass and sits at the front of the body. Like the corona, the lens also maintains a spherical curvature. The corneal and lens curvature allows for the eye and camera to view, though not in focus. A limited area to both the right and the left. That is, without the curve, the eye and the camera would see only what is directly in front of it. The aperture controls how much light enters the camera. Then, the light makes its way to a light-sensitive surface. For a long time, this surface was the camera's film. In today's digital cameras, this surface is an imaging sensor chip. The aperture is to the camera as the iris is to the eye, and this reveals one of many similarities between cameras versus eyes. The aperture size refers to how much light is let into the camera and will ultimately hit the sensor or film. As with the human eye, when the iris contracts itself, the pupil becomes smaller and the eyes takes in less light. When the iris widens in darker situations, the pupil becomes larger, so it can take in more light. 
The same effect happens with the aperture. Larger, lower aperture values let in more light than a small, higher aperture value. The lens opening is the pupil. The smaller the opening, the less light let in. Both the eye and camera have the ability to focus on one single object and blur the rest. Whether in the foreground, shallow depth of field or off at a distance. Likewise, the eye can focus on a larger image just as a camera, greater depth of field, can focus and capture a large scape. As the eye, the camera has a limited scope to take in what is around it. The curvature of the eye and the lens allow for both to take in what is not directly in front of it. However, the eye can only take in a fixed scope, while a camera's scope can be changed by the focal length of different types of lenses. The retina sits at the back of the eye and collects the light reflected from the surrounding environment to form the image. The same task in the camera is performed either by film or sensors in digital cameras. This process underpins both how cameras work and how eyes work, is one of the fundamental reasons which corroborates this positive theory when photography meets culture. When the proverbial dust is settled, the stark reality is, when photography meets culture is not only a theoretical construct, but the fact that our eyes and our brain work in unison to allow us to see and human eyes and brains have been co-evolving for millions of years is exceptional. It is reported that an eye and a camera both have lenses and light-sensitive surfaces. Our iris controls how much light enters our eye. By the same token, our lens helps focus the light. The retina is a light-sensitive surface at the back of your eye. It captures an image of what you are looking at. Then, the retina sends impulses to your brain along the optic nerve. Finally, the brain interprets what you are seeing. Our eyes are a bit like something else that captures images of the world, a camera. The human eye lets us see the world by sending impulses to our nervous system. In many ways, it is very similar to other optical devices, including cameras. Eye uses live cells to detect light, while the camera uses a diaphragm to detect light and capture images. Stereoscopic vision of eyes allows three-dimensional images, while camera captures only two-dimensional images. The pupil adjusts the size, while in a camera lens moves to change focus. Eyes have blind spots, while cameras do not. There are two major differences between the human eye and a camera. The first relates to how they focus an image. The second relates to how they process color.
Overall, as an author, cinematographer, media art specialist, licensed cultural practitioner, podcaster, and publisher, I concede that, according to Federico Algeria, I quote, the instant and immediate viewing of events is one of the most important things photography has given to global citizens. Each day that passes, we get closer in terms of globalization. Images reach a broader and wider audience each day, and history is reducing its gaps in terms of time intervals. End quote. This philosophy is that process that underpins how cameras work and how eyes work, especially when photography meets culture. In the scheme of things, I dare say that all of the information gleaned through the research lens corroborates this positive theory when photography meets culture. It's also an analytical cultural discourse and a pretext that captures culture through another lens. At the end of the day, the positive theory, when photography meets culture, has created an environment to investigate, to build consensus, and explore all sides of this issue before forming an opinion. This conversation was captured and framed through my lens as a practitioner in publication 252 in eight chapters and verbalized in podcast 140 in ISBN 9798-8825-2959.